Let's just hope by week 17 on December 29th, we look back to week one and say that was the worst loss of the Jets season. 0-1 after a disastrous home opener against the Buffalo Bills, and we're talking about it all on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest, I am a contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchog. Alrighty, nice job with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast on SB Nation, episode two of my first ever sports podcast. Well, we'll keep it simple, we'll keep it short, never more than 20 minutes, and if I have more to say, we'll just put it in another podcast. But an instant reaction podcast to the Jets' loss, it's not even 4.30 yet, but I, I just I had to flip the microphone on and drop a few thoughts on their brutal home opening loss, 17 16 to the Buffalo Bills, and at around 3 o'clock, I'm sitting there, I'm debating whether or not I should do an instant reaction podcast celebrating the win in what would have been an ugly win even at 16 nothing. but I should have known better. I should have known this is the Jets. I should have known it, it wasn't going to be that easy, and I should have known that the Jets' defense was going to come up small because that's what always happens. And look, by no means am I going to put this entire game on the Jets' defense. The, the, the offense is plenty to blame. The special teams and the kicking game certainly has plenty to blame. But right now, the defense is the one that gave up that last score. The defense is the one that had the game in their hands even when the offense played inept, as Adam Gase called the team's performance during his press conference after the game. Even though they missed kicks that could have won them the game, the defense had the opportunity to erase all of it and stop Josh Allen and the Bills from scoring at the end of the game, give the Jets the victory and the opportunity to try to fix some of the blemishes heading into their Week 2 game against the Browns. But you could change the players, you could change the coaches, you could change the uniforms. The results somehow always wind up being the same. Even when they had the great defenses with Rex Ryan, how many, how many games did the defense blow late? And again, this isn't all on the defense, but they had the opportunity to just erase all of it. They did, Josh Allen was terrible in this game until the fourth quarter. You need to figure out a way to keep this team out of the end zone. They, they couldn't do it. John Brown scores the touchdown. John Brown embarrassed Darrell Roberts on the play. The Jets corner who could not keep up with the speedy wide receiver. Neither could Tremaine Johnson. He couldn't keep up with John Brown. He had the, the one good tackle on Brown early on behind the line of scrimmage in the, uh, I think it was even late in the first half, but Tremaine Johnson couldn't keep up with him. Darrell Roberts couldn't keep up with him. C.J. Mosley was actually the only player that was able to keep up with Brown at one point during the second half, running into the end zone and preventing him from scoring a touchdown before he got hurt. And that's what I guess you could point to as, as far as maybe the turning point of the game, the fact that losing Mosley had such an effect on how poorly the defense played late in the second half. And at this point, like I said, it's 4.30. I don't know how severe the groin injury is for Mosley, if he's going to be out for a couple of weeks or if he's going to be right back and practicing this week and playing next week. We're really not sure about that. But he's the highest-paid linebacker in the league, and he, he played like it while he was out there, re recovering uh, Island's botched snap, being the Jets' only source of offense for a little bit, scoring the touchdown early on the interception. And when you see how poorly the defense played without him, it definitely makes you concerned for next week against the Browns if he's unavailable. Uh, but he was good. The, the secondary was bad. The cornerbacks were terrible. And I told you my first podcast, if I'm Josh Allen, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, that's the, the matchups I would be looking to exploit. I'd be looking to throw in and challenge Roberts and especially challenge Tremaine Johnson. The fact that he was injured in the preseason, the fact that he played so badly last year, you definitely wanted to test him, and the Bills won a lot of those matchups. Marcus May was really good in the secondary. Uh, you forget how good of a safety he is next to Jamal Adams after being hurt a lot of last year, but he almost had two interceptions. He played really well. That makes you feel kind of good, I guess. But what this loss came down to was the Jets being inept on offense, and that's a quote from their head coach, Adam Gase. 
the cornerbacks being bad and the defense giving up a lot of points late against a Bills offense and quarterback that looked even more inept than the Jets offense did during this game. And then lastly, Corey Vedvik and this Jets kicking game, which has been a big question mark the entire offseason, and Vedvik should not be on this team next week. The Corey Vedvik experiment with the New York Jets should start and end this week against the Buffalo Bills. Going 0 for 2 on kicks, missing the extra point, missing the 45-yarder, which didn't even have a chance of making it through the uprights, pushing it wide. And then after the game, after the, the, the abysmal loss by the New York Jets, I find myself turning to SNY to see what the Mets are doing. They're down 9-6 with the bases loaded. The bullpen's in the game. They walk in a run. I don't know which is worse right now, the bullpen for the Mets or the kicking game for the Jets. Both are absolute disasters. And both have such big influences on games late that the bullpen is going to be the reason why the Mets don't make the playoffs. And I'm envisioning that happening with the Jets now, that, that it's going to cause the Jets to lose a ton of games late during the season, and the Jets are going to lose games that they should have won. And maybe this is going to be a 6-10 and 10 team that could have been a 10-6 and 6 team when you look back at it at the end of the year. So Joe Douglas, in my mind, he needs to figure something out. He needs to figure out something quick with this kicking game because you cannot go into next week with Kari Vedvik. You just can't. I just I can't believe that I'm sitting here talking about a 17-16 loss right now. I was so confident when they were up 16 nothing and I shouldn't have been because you're watching the game and the team doesn't look great. I have four turnovers in the first half and the offense not getting one point out of it. That certainly didn't make me feel great. Four turnovers, score a point. But you go back, this is what I think made me made me confident that they were going to go win win the game because you go back it's 8 nothing in the second half. And uh, Darnold throws a touchdown pass to Griffin, the tight end. Anunwa gets called for a pass interference, and the play is, is wiped away. They get pushed back 10 yards to about the 15. And as a Jet fan, I'm now sitting there thinking, well, now they're not going to score a touchdown. They're going to have to try to rely on Vedvik to, to kick the field goal. He's probably going to miss it, and the ball's going to wind up back in the Bills' hands down 8 nothing, and it's a wasted opportunity. Where you're staring at 14 nothing, it's going to end up being 8 nothing, and the, the Bills have the ball. And that's what you're used to as a, as a Jet fan. That's what I'm used to, at least. But instead, Darnold gets pushed back to the 15, and he quickly, on the second play, he scores a touchdown to, to Le'Veon Bell. So here you have this new weapon in Le'Veon Bell who looks great the entire game. And you have Sam Darnold, who you're looking at as your franchise quarterback, something that you're not used to having, and all of a sudden, something goes right. They score a touchdown after it gets wiped away, and after what you're used to thinking that this team is now going to go on a downward spiral and potentially lose the game, they wind up coming right back and going up 14-0. Now it's time for the extra point. And instead of going for the extra point, Adam Gase decides, you know what, we don't really have a kicker. We're going to have to go for two. And this is what happens. Most teams would kick the extra point, Kevin, if you felt good about your field goal kicker. Here comes Hughes. There goes Donald. And Bill! And that audio is courtesy of CBSN New York And just listen to that crowd. They were they were they were awesome for most of the game until the end, which was a bad job out of the crowd, leaving at the end of the game with a, a minute and a half left to go. There was nobody there. The the entire stadium was empty. As much as I rarely have confidence in my teams that they're gonna be able to pull out a victory like that, I, I never ever leave a game early because you you don't want to be the person that leaves a game early if they do hit a Hail Mary to to win a game or or a baseball team does score eight runs in the ninth to, to come back and win and when you have an 80,000 seat stadium and it's down to 2,000 people left in in the game 
or in the stands, I should say, and then one of those miraculous victories does happen. It's still the 80,000 people say, yeah, I I was at that game, even though there was actually only 2,000 people in the seats. But nonetheless, the Jets with two minutes to go and the ball down one. The problem is they didn't have a kicker, and CBS is putting up that dopey kicking line, that target line, as if it means something. If they get to a 50-yard field goal try there, they weren't going to take a shot at getting three. Their only option was the touchdown late. But go back to that two-point conversion, because that's when I was like, you know what? Darnold is clutch. Darnold is a franchise quarterback, and things are different. This team is different, but apparently not, because a brutal a brutal loss today. If you heard the Gase press conference or read any of it, I just saw Kim Jones. I'm following on Twitter right now. She, she, she said that Gase said, we can't let one game define our season. And like I said at the top of this podcast, we hope on December 29th to look back at the end of the year and say that this was the worst loss of the Jets season. That week one, that 17-16 loss, that blowing that 16 nothing lead was the worst game of their year. And you don't want to look that far ahead because one play, one quarter, one week at a time. But you're looking at an angry, embarrassed Browns team coming in prime time next week. And then the Patriots after that, before you're by. You're, start, you're staring at the quarter mark of the season already. You're, you're looking at maybe coming into week five. Right now, I'm signing. I would sign up to be one and two going into week five, which is crazy after they were up 16 nothing in this game. But like I said last week, what does this team do really, really well? This team right now has more holes, in my mind, than it does have things that that they're they're really good at. And if you're going to blow a 16-0 lead, and if you're going to get four turnovers and score no points off those turnovers, and win the turnover battle 4-0, and you're still going to lose the game, that's a really bad sign. So this offensive line was mediocre. Uh, Darnold was running around scrambling a a decent bit. Khalil, they had a a couple of... uh, Below average snaps, we'll say, which will kind of chalk up to the fact that this was their first game playing together, Khalil and Darnold. Uh, So the offensive line is certainly nothing to get excited about. The secondary has major questions, and this kicking game right now is absolutely a disaster, which is something that needs to at least, they need to try something else next week. They can't go back next week with Vedvik as still uh, still being the kicker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The defense looked good from a schematic standpoint in, in terms of the, the coaching from Greg Williams, but more so than the defense looking good, I thought Josh Allen looked terrible. I thought there were times where if you're a Bills fan, you're hoping for Nathan Peterman to walk through that door because Josh Allen, he was reckless with the ball. He he was inconsistent in terms of his accuracy. He, he could run around and extend plays sometimes, but in terms of how he was trying to control the game for the Buffalo Bills, if you're a Bills fan and you were watching this, I mean, it's great to, to see him come back later and when the game you're excited about that, but the, the, the first three quarters, Josh Allen was a disaster, more so than the Jets' defense being good. But I think you would have to say that it, it wasn't just the Jets-Bills game. You have to look, you look around the league and the performance is down because of the lack of the preseason, or lack of playing in the preseason, because 
they they don't play the starters much in preseason anymore. They don't hit much in training camp. Everybody fears injury, which I get. You're spending a ton of money on these guys. Nobody wants to get hurt. You don't want to. You certainly don't want to lose out on, on the opportunity to to play them in the regular season. Not just a quarterback, but your running backs, your star receivers, your star defensemen, everything. You you don't want to lose your big time players in training camp or the preseason, which is why the training camp and preseason now appears soft, and everybody just waits till the regular season. And the regular season almost serves as those preseason type of games especially in September but you get games like Thursday night which was a snooze fest and it looked like a preseason game and then today the same thing nothing is crisp if you're waiting for crisp football though check back in and watch the Chiefs or the Patriots in October for now you need to almost accept that September football is going to kind of look sketchy at times. It's going to kind of look like the preseason. But all that being said, the disaster of the game, the poor quality of play, football is back, and it's it's great. It's still great. As much as it's frustrating to watch a 16-0 lead get blown and lose the game, it's still it's just it's so much fun as I watch the Giants here go up 7-0 right now and see the other games around the league. It's just great to have all these games on at once on a, on a Sunday. Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, they're all fun but having that cluster of games on like this that it just creates for chaos in terms of following everything and it's just it's exciting to watch it all transpire and see it all at once have five or six games on at the same time and just be flipping back and forth figuring out what's going on across the league uh, it's incredibly exciting I, I was thinking this morning how when I woke up, how the, the morning of an NFL, of an NFL Sunday, it, it's almost like the preseason. You wake up excited around 8 a.m., or at least I do. I wake up at around 8 a.m. on Sunday, and and you you got those five hours in between eight and the uh, the start time at one o'clock. And it's kind of like those those four weeks of the preseason because at 8 a.m. you're excited, you're, you're ready to go. It's an NFL Sunday. You're just kind of like flipping around and seeing what type of early morning news stories you can catch. And that's almost like the feel of the the training camp starting over the summer or week one of the preseason. Week one of the preseason, I, I get excited for. It. And as soon as the game starts, though, I'm ready to, ready to move on to the regular season. So 9 a.m. is like that week one of the preseason. And then 10 a.m. is week two. 11 a.m. is week three. 12 a.m. is week four. And everything, you start getting like more and more antsy and more and more ready for the, the game to start and more and more ready for the regular season to start as you go through week two, three, four of the preseason. It gets more frustrating to have to sit there and wait as you go through 9, 10, 11, and 12 o'clock, waiting for 1 o'clock, you get, get more and more frustrated. You just want the games to start already. You can't keep pushing it off anymore. And then once noon hits, that's when everything gets real. Just like you get past that week four of the preseason game and everything gets real. Now you're staring right at it. You know the countdown is on. You're looking at that opening game Thursday night, and then you're looking at week one of the NFL on Sunday. And just afternoon, that last hour, you just, you're just getting all hyped up and ready to go for the 1 o'clock start time. And then once it gets underway, there's, uh, there's few feelings that are better than an NFL Sunday. But week one for the Jets in the book, 17-16 loss, 0-1 on the season, and an overhyped and embarrassed Cleveland Browns team coming in next Monday night. We'll chat before next week's game, which is a must-win if the Jets have aspirations of making the playoffs, which they should and which they do. Well, thanks for listening to my instant reaction. Like I said, I just needed to throw some thoughts out after a brutal loss on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast with SB Nation. Thanks for listening. Be good.